we just got our first taste of what's next for Windows. Happy Friday, friends. The first week of January is officially in the books. Well, I guess technically we've got a couple or one more day or something like that. Um, it has been an eventful week to say the least. We'll have a lot more to talk about next week. Uh, but there are some notable updates that arrived this week and especially on the Windows side. So before we dive into there, um, let's just talk about some of the other quick items here. Uh, Microsoft Lists, by the way. Now you might be saying, I've been hearing about Lists for a long time and you would not be wrong. Uh, actually, Microsoft started talking about this, I believe in the spring of 2020 and it's been available on the desktop, but there's not really been a mobile application at least not a generally available one. And now, well, that's going to be happening here sometime in the middle of January. So if you've been holding out for Microsoft lists, well, you're going to have to hold a little bit longer, but not too much longer. Um, so be on the lookout for that. The big thing that was announced this week, at least from the Microsoft camp, is this new widget. And you might be thinking, well, it's just a widget, Brad. Who really cares? Well, it's actually, I think, going to be one of the first steps we are going to start to see of what's next for Windows. So Microsoft actually posted a job, or, or it was actually posted a little bit ago, but a job description was uncovered that was talking about the Windows 10 UX, meaning user experience overhaul. And it quite literally says Windows. Windows is back in like all caps and it says a sweeping visual rejuvenation. Uh, the, the job description has since been updated, but it's pretty clear that Microsoft is actually planning a pretty big visual overhaul for Windows. I'm not expecting like Windows 8 style stuff, uh, but they're definitely going to be doing some big items. And I think that this widget that we are starting to see is one of the very first steps of that. Because if you look at actually how the form and function of it, it's pretty different than things we have seen in Windows in the past. It almost kind of feels like the Cortana flyout. Um, but what it does is it's a little widget that sits on your taskbar. It has uh, just basic weather information. Then you click on it and it does a flyout and you get news headlines, stock and everything else. There's a lot of theories about where Microsoft could be taking this. Like, is this going to be additional ad revenue? Are they going to control the news narrative? Are they going to, you know, mine, put a chip in my brain or something like that? Um, kind of a little crazy. I think we need to wait and see how this plays out um, and see what the full customizations options are. But this could be the start of the next sort of widgetization, if that's even a word, of Windows. And what I honestly hope is that this truly is. So we get that kind of a widget. I would love a little button that you click and it shows the last five files that you have had open that would be super convenient i would just hope that microsoft is actually approaching widgets once again because at one point they had them kind of baked into windows and then they've just been pulling them back and then they showed up in the start menu but then you couldn't put them on the desktop um but we'll see we'll see I, i'm optimistic that this is the start of microsoft once again truly playing around with the ui and the ux of windows 10 and we will see now we obviously know what windows 10x looks like we don't know when they're going to start shipping it yet um, but we know what roughly what the UI is going to look like because Microsoft showed it off um, over a year ago. So we'll see. But this is, I believe, the beginning. Of, you know, we're starting to see the light on Sun Valley, if you will. And it's a pretty big deal. Um, also happening next week, we have CES. And there's going to be a ton of stuff starting to roll out. Actually, Dell announced a couple monitors that have a Teams button, a dedicated Teams button built in. You can press it and it opens Teams and it interacts with the application. Um, this is... You know, most people are going to be like, what, what, this doesn't really matter. Uh, well, it kind of does because it really shows how heavily Microsoft is pushing Teams into not only
only the workplace, but also into the hardware space. For a company like Dell to quite literally build monitors with these buttons baked in that cannot be changed is a very big deal. It's just an interesting little look. Um, other interesting things that will be announced or have been announced, I guess, but not technically here yet, uh, is Lenovo has a new Snapdragon IdeaPad 5G that is powered by the 8CX. It's a 14-inch FHD display, 8 gigs of RAM, 512 gigs of uh, solid-state storage. Of course, it's fanless, and of course, it's not coming to the US, so I can't really get my hands on one. But it's interesting to see that, hey, like 8CX devices are still coming. ARM devices running Windows uh, are still a thing. Manufacturers haven't abandoned ship yet. These devices are still coming down the pipeline. It's just been a very, very slow matriculation of all these sort of Snapdragon-powered devices out into the market. Um, by no means are they hitting like mass capacity or, or mass uh, usage by, by end users, but they're still trying. And so we will just, it's just something to keep an eye on in the Windows space. Uh, Microsoft has also uh, officially rolled out history and tap sync on Edge Stable, which is a big deal. And then the other thing coming down the pipeline from Microsoft is Outlook Monarch. And Monarch is, I believe, the code name. Although interesting, I always think of Monarch Butterfly, which is a, a, a two panel thing. If you think about what Microsoft has in its portfolio, that is a two panel thing. Anyways, uh, be on the lookout for Outlook, Outlook Monarch. What it really looks like is a, a web wrapper might be underselling what it is but it right now as of what we can see it's they realistically just take outlook.com put it into a, a, a an app and a, a desktop app almost an on-premises app and then it allows you to run outlook but it's expected to be one experience across all sorts of devices and so be on the lookout for that as microsoft continues to build all that out uh, on the gaming just a couple quick things there was a great interview that dina bass put up uh, talked about microsoft almost bought nintendo ea and square um, but they didn't this is way back when they were trying to launch it. it's a really good story worth reading um, but other things uh, microsoft has officially said they will fix the xbox wireless control issue um, that's not a big surprise I, I think if they know that there's an issue they're not just going to ignore it but this is an issue very specifically related to xbox controllers becoming disconnected from the console i don't personally have this experience so i can't give you a whole lot of like triaging help um but it very well is a known issue in the forums and microsoft is officially saying they're going to address it and then there are some also like conspiracy theory things coming out about the duracell battery contract that microsoft was forced to put batteries into its traditional xbox standard controller that comes with the console because they have a contract with duracell well we that doesn't make sense for a lot of reasons and it also makes sense for a couple reasons one the reason why it doesn't make sense is they already sell the elite series 2 controller that is sealed and doesn't have replaceable batteries um, this isn't some sort of big battery uh you know looking down on the man because i guarantee microsoft is a bigger company than duracell at the end of the day and so uh but the the theory was that duracell and the contract with microsoft is the reason why they had to do replaceable batteries and both Microsoft came out and said, no, not really. We did this for user choice. And it's very common for companies, especially like Microsoft, they're selling a device that needs batteries. It comes with batteries. So they've got to have a contract with some sort of battery manufacturer. And so they chose Duracell. They've had this long running relationship and that's why the Duracell contract exists. I don't, it was really weird. I don't, I, I never quite understood what people were up in arms about. Um, the other thing too is Minecraft Earth is going to be shutting down. We all know the story here that the pandemic uh, really just sort of <laughs> made collaborative games out in the real world just not possible so that happens in june so diving into the questions of the week which is always my favorite part and i don't just say that because of whatever I, it makes me happy uh kadupa says brad happy new year around uh 2016 2017 dell and a few others launched windows on a stick 
Windows on a Stick initiative. I even had an Amazon stick size based from Dell. So here are my questions. What happened to this initiative? Is it completely dead? And what happened to the streaming stick which Microsoft was planning uh, to launch? Is it dead? So yeah, I remember these things. I don't know if they were running on Atom chips, but they were effectively like large, oversized uh, USB sticks and you could plug them into any effectively HDMI display and then it would draw power from a USB uh, port typically on a TV for example and then you could it was a full you know quote unquote full PC I don't think it was Adam I can't remember what the CPU was in these things uh, but it was a full-fledged like Windows PC on a stick uh, the reason why this market fizzled out is because there was never really a good use case that that was I'm trying to think of why people were buying them or would buy them in bulk. I think the use case and scenario uh, was effectively like they said, hey, we can build this. Let's see if there's a market for it. And so they put these things out into the market and then it never materialized in a way that made sense to keep pursuing this aggressively, mostly because of mobile phones effectively took over the world. In 2016, 2017, we all, smartphones were already eating things, uh, eating markets alive. And so I think this is just another one of those, hey, we, we built this product, we shipped it, nobody really used it, and here we go. And the other thing too is the market that really took over that sort of thing where it's just plug, it plugs in, powered by HDMI, we're actually streaming sticks, right? You have Chromecast, uh, you have like the Amazon Fire HD or whatever their sticks are called. That's the market that truly materialized, not necessarily PCs. I think the PCs were too quote unquote like heavy of an operating system uh, for what was running and it just didn't quite make sense. And so uh, I don't think Microsoft is planning to launch anything like that, at least as of right now. Mad Thinus says, happy 2020, Brad. Happy 2021, Brad. Happy 2021 to you. Um, he said, so this week we got a new, uh, the new widget that is coming to the taskbar. Um, he is curious if this is a way for Microsoft to more monetize Windows, meaning like if they shoved ads in there. So it, I don't think it's a crazy thought because, right, they could put an ad in there, but it, it's also indirectly monetizing because I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't have the widget installed yet. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that you probably can't change some of the default links. Like you can't change that it takes you to MSN, that it uses Bing on the back end, right? That's not going to be customizable. So in that capacity, they're getting more Bing and MSN usage, which indirectly does improve their revenue. And he says, also, is this a feature pack or experience pack deliverable? Um, that's an interesting question because I think somebody asked down below, sort of along the same lines, that I this very well could be part of the feature pack, experience pack things that we have been hearing about, like one of the first components. And so I don't think that's a, a crazy thought uh, that this is going to be included in something like that. It's definitely going to be easily configurable. It better be, at least. And it should be able to be blocked uh, at the enterprise level because I can imagine that corporations on the around the globe are not going to be wanting a distraction on the taskbar of their uh, productivity employees. So um, that is, yeah, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see how that one is. Uh, Sydney 2K says, Happy New Year, Brad. Is this a reference to something you spoke about last time regarding uh, in public? What is your TED Talk? Um, so, ooh, in interesting question. So this is probably, yeah. Okay, so if I, would, if I were to give a TED Talk, and if you're not familiar with TED Talks, I suggest you go just Google it or Big It or whatever, and you can find some really good ones. Um, my TED talk would be that the best indicator of success is consistency. 
at least in the, now that is with a narrow focused mindset into the career path that I have chosen for myself or, or it has fallen into my lap is that um, doing podcast, writing content on the web, just doing anything. It all starts with being consistent, right? If you're going to launch a website, we're going to launch a YouTube channel. If you're going to launch a podcast, whatever it is, it's really, really easy to go out there and get that first one done, get that second one done, get that maybe that third one done. But it's really hard to do four through 100 because here's what happens. It's a natural cycle that you launch something, you get some initial interest and then it it will die off. It, it It's very, you know, you get a nice peak, then it falls down and then it's a really really big walking through the swamps, trying to get it back up uh, to a consistent number that you are happy with. I mean, this podcast in itself initially started out with um, like dozens of people listening every week, like quite literally dozens of people. And so like at that point, it's like, man, is it really worth sacrificing, I don't know, 90 minutes to two hours of my day to go build this podcast, to go record everything for 14, 24, 36 people to listen to it. And for a lot of people, after they've done it 30 times, if they even make it that far, they say, no, it's not. And so if you want to be successful, you've got to be consistent and persistent. Um, and, and that's kind of what drives me. I mean, there's definitely days where I wake up and it's like, man, I really don't want to do a podcast today or whatever, uh, which is why I love the questions because they they really kind of inject some energy into the things that I'm going to do. And so that would be my TED Talk is that if you're going to build something, build, be Building be consistent, building to be consistent, if I could enunciate and persistent, because that will be a better driver of success rather than anything else. Yes, you've got to get market timing right. and You've got to get a whole bunch of other things, but just getting up there and doing it every single day will help you be more successful than anything else. And that is especially true in the content creation business because it's very dynamic, meaning that the podcast this week is probably flat, uh, meaning that traffic-wise within seven to 10 days, something like that, and from which means you've got to be constantly refreshing the funnel, right? In the sales, in the sales and marketing world, they talk about you've always got to be adding people to the top of the sales funnel because what happens is you you put people in the top of the sales funnel they work their way through the system and hopefully you'll get a sale um, at the end of the day the marketing and content business are very similar meaning you've got to keep putting content into um, the ingestion funnel hoping that something catches wind and people actually start reading and looking at it. And then the key here is to figuring out why that happened and then trying to replicate that consistently uh, is a challenge, right? I went from getting dozens of people a week to easily thousands of people listening to this podcast every week to sometimes tens of thousands, depending on the topic. And so my TED Talk would be consistent and persistent um, is the key to success, at least in the content creation uh, industry. Peter G says, in regards to your question a couple weeks ago, uh, what I meant by marketplace, the Microsoft store on Xbox is what I meant. Sorry for the confusion, but I was wondering if the Microsoft had any plans to bring the Microsoft store on Xbox so that non-game passes can be purchased and played on cloud gaming. I don't like that term. I wish they would have stuck with xCloud. Um, I believe that is in the pipeline. If I understand it correctly, I thought it worked already or they announced something similar to this, or maybe it was in the Phil Spencer interview. Um, as xCloud being a place where you can just stream any game that you own through Microsoft. And so I believe that was part of it, but right now they're so focused on how do we drive Game, game Pass growth that it's not a priority, if I'm understanding that correctly. Uh, Mr. PKI says, uh, something a little different this week. Are you still using the Surface Duo device? Uh, are any of Microsoft executives still publicly using and evangelizing the Duo device? Interesting question. Uh, the Duo, yeah, I still play around with it. Like, it, 
it was primarily used when I was actually um, watching watching my Bengals um, not do so well because I would have uh, scores from other teams up and then Twitter on the other screen, which was a great use case for it. But um, the Bengals haven't been doing so well, so I still play with it, absolutely. But again, I'm not leaving the house either. And so like I haven't, tra- I haven't traveled, so there's been no place to take it. But um, I would be very curious because... I think I am, I don't know if I want to say I'm in the minority. Like a lot of people who bought the Surface Duo um, did genuinely buy it to replace their smartphone. I did not. Like that's, I'm on iMessage, I'm on an iPhone. It's just not really, uh, it just doesn't work out for my workflow. That being said, the Microsoft employees, executives, remember leading up to this, they had a quote unquote marketing campaign where they were all just using it and tweeting it out and sharing it all over the place because there was a lot of hype around it. And those have just completely dried up. You don't see um, Brad Anderson was a, a big user of it. Obviously, Panos was putting out a lot of pictures and Frank Shaw. Um, but a bunch of these guys were just sharing it. And now it's gone completely silent for the most part. Um, the, I, I'm due for a sort of a middle term follow up. It's been about four months or so. I keep, I was hoping they had done this week, but some things popped up where I take a, a longer look at it. And this is a big area of focus because one of the, one of the challenges I have with the duo is I was expecting like aggressive upgrades and aggressive uh, Microsoft really tackling this device as a hero or a champion of the surface brand, but it's come out and it's been really slow updates. Like I don't even think we know when Android 11 is coming yet. Um, and so, which is really concerning considering geez, we're probably like three, four months away from Google announcing the next version of Android, right? They usually do that in the springtime around Google I.O., something like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, yeah, the Duo is an interesting one. It's a good question. Uh, Bart says, hello, Brad, best wishes for 2021, you and your family. Same to you, Bart. My question is about the newsfeed widget and the latest development build. I can't imagine Microsoft would serve this up to any, any prize, but could be, but ugh, I can't imagine Microsoft would serve this up to any enterprise. But could it be we are testing new features for Windows 10X out in the open? So I think there's a lot going on here. It very well could be a feature of Windows 10X. I, I cannot rule that out. That would absolutely not surprise me. Um, I also don't think that this is going to be rolling out to enterprises because, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you're giving all of your employees just a, a distraction on the taskbar. It's probably something Microsoft or enterprises don't want to do. That being said, I realistically think that this might be part of the feature pack. At least I kind of hope so. Otherwise, it's going to be really weird if this is outside the feature pack, but feature packs are still coming. And I fully believe that feature Feature packs will be limited uh, or, or be easily blocked by enterprise customers using um, the upgrade mechanisms that Microsoft has built into Windows 10. And that this is much more of a consumer facing features because to quote the uh, Microsoft job description, Windows is back, but you've got to um, you've got to have controls in place because the enterprise doesn't really care that Windows is back. They just want something that is stable, consistent, and that they don't have to retrain their users on all the all the freaking time. Uh, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking there. So, anyways, guys. Uh, uh, been, been a very interesting week. I'm not even going to touch on the on many of these topics. Um, a lot of stuff got punted to next week, and so you will kind of will be able to talk about um, some CES stuff next week and a bunch of other things coming down the pipeline. I hope you had a good first week of January. Hopefully, next week will be even better, and we'll catch all of you right back here next time.